Almighty God, come now and open the Scriptures to us through the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, so that the truth of the resurrection may not just be something we hear about that happened in the past, but it would be something that we experience this evening together in your presence. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Man, I, I love this pulpit. Six feet above contradiction. I love it. Listen to this from Mark's gospel again. We just heard it. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. And you will see him just as he told you. This, this Easter proclamation, this announcement of the resurrection from the young man sitting in Jesus' empty tomb contains two of the most encouraging words in all of the New Testament. I wonder if you heard them with me this evening. It goes like this, but go tell his, but go tell his disciples and Peter and Peter. The good news of the resurrection of Jesus is for who? It is for the disciples and Peter. Let's review. On Thursday night, just this past week, before this Sunday evening, or this Sunday morning coming, at the Last Supper, Jesus told his disciples in Mark 14, verse 27, you will all fall away. And then Peter had made this boast. Even though they fall away, I will not. And it really seemed like he meant it. I mean, in the heat of the moment, when the authorities came to arrest Jesus, Peter pulled out his sword. He had a concealed carry permit and took his best shot, cutting off the ear of the servant of the high priest. In the heat of the moment, when decisive, even violent action was needed, which happened to be exactly the wrong thing to do, Peter was right there for Jesus. Go for the sword, lop off an ear, then blend into the crowd. <laughs> but when real courage was called for, when Peter had time to think through the consequences, sitting on one of those cheap vinyl chairs outside the courtroom... When the receptionist thinks she recognizes Peter as one of the disciples, Peter firmly and elaborately denies Jesus. By the third denial, he is disowning Jesus so vehemently that he's cussing about it. But he began to invoke a curse on himself and swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. I'm sure he said it just like that. Peter was ready to go out in a blaze of glory, but when the real moment of courage was called for, Peter folded like a cheap tent. 
And immediately the rooster crowed a second time, and Peter remembered how Jesus had said to him, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and wept. In a moment of shocking, catastrophic clarity, Peter realizes that he is a complete and utter failure. He realizes that his loyalty to Jesus, his discipleship, was paper thin. It was just talk. He's a sham. He's a fraud. He has betrayed his friend in the greatest moment of need. He's everything he despises in those he considers weak and lacking in commitment. Even though all those fall away, I will not. And there's no remedy for it. You can't put that toothpaste back in the tube. There's no going back. He cannot unsay those things. He can't fix his blunder. Surely he has committed in that moment the unpardonable sin. Jesus, the, that, that very moment that he's make, Peter's making his denial, is standing alone and condemned to death before a corrupt justice system. So why did that young man, the angel in the tomb, say, go tell his disciples and Peter? Was it because of Peter's failure? Was it because that failure had excluded him from the company of true believers in the eyes of the fellow disciples? Was it because maybe Peter's denial excluded Peter in his own mind from the company of disciples? Was it, because, was it because the angels themselves can't believe that Peter the failure, Peter the cosmic loser is going to get to participate in the good news of the resurrection with all the other disciples? Well, I think the answer is yes to all three of those. See, brothers and sisters, the good news of the resurrection, Easter, Pascha, is for the disciples and for Peter. Easter is for people who overpromise and underdeliver. Easter is for people who have totally disappointed everybody around them. Easter is for people for whom regret has become the defining reality of their lives. Easter is for people who have given up on themselves, who can't stand to look in the mirror, who think the world would be a better place if they were not in it. Easter is for people who have run out of second chances. Easter is for people who are unredeemable. Easter is for people who have gone past the point of no return. In other words, Easter, the good news of Jesus' resurrection from the dead, is for you and for me. That's who Easter's for. Praise God. So listen up, all you failures. <laughs> and the one standing six foot above contradiction. Because Jesus is alive, it means that there is a place for you in God's kingdom 
tonight. And not somewhere in the cheap seats. No, because Jesus has conquered death, you have an invitation to the party. Better than Willy Wonka's golden ticket. You are still included. Your failure does not define you or exclude you. Even if you have disowned or denied or ridiculed or even hated Jesus because he has triumphed over the grave, only you can exclude you. Get some perspective, y'all. Jesus has destroyed death. He's trampled Satan and hell under his feet. How could you possibly imagine that your terrible sin, your cosmically stupid mistake, your massive moral failure could separate you from that good news? Yet, what we have done is devastatingly real and wrong. You know, just like denying your best friend and and abandoning him, an innocent man, to be condemned to death. But the good news is still for you. Jesus, listen, Jesus is alive and he loves you. Go tell his disciples and Peter because Jesus is still loves Peter. That's good news. Actually, if you are a failure, the good news is especially for you. That's why the gospel is the gospel. That's why the good news is the good news. Duh! (laughs) It's for people who can't fix themselves, who need A savior, not a consultant. In fact, let's just fill our names in right there. Say it out loud with me. Go tell his disciples and, and then you put your name there. Okay, ready? Go tell his disciples and Ben. Do not be afraid. You seek Jesus of Nazareth. He was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. He is not in this grave. You know, I'm pretty sure that good old St. John Chrysostom had people like Peter and me and you in mind when he preached that Paschal sermon that we know and love at Christ Church. Basically, he starts by addressing the super saints. Super saints. Maybe in super saint suits. You know, the ones that fasted all Lent, prayed, read their Bibles, led a hundred people to Jesus. And then he works his way down to clueless rechecks. And then he says, Jesus has conquered. And because of that, you all get the best seat in the house. Nobody gets left out. Everybody gets to come to the party. So church... Some of you know what we do with that sermon. You know how we do this already. So why don't you stand up right now? Those of you who've never done this, you're going to learn something tonight. When I point to you, you just shout, and I mean shout. They used to call Methodists shouting Methodists. Let's bring it back to them and give it back to them here in the Methodist church. So when I point to you, you just shout back the phrase that I will have just said. 
So get ready. This is the Pascha sermon of St. John Chrysostom. He just preached it the other day, 1,635 years ago. If any person is devout and loves God, let him come to this radiant, triumphant feast. If any person is a wise follower, let him enter into the joy of his Lord rejoicing. If any have fasted long, let him now receive refreshment. If any have labored from the first hour, let him today receive his just reward. If any came at the third hour, let him keep the feast with thankfulness. If any arrived at the sixth hour, let him have no misgivings, for he shall not be deprived. If any delayed until the ninth hour, let him draw near fearing nothing. If you have waited even until the eleventh hour, let him not be alarmed at his tardiness, for the Lord will accept the last even as the first. Therefore, all of you enter into the joy of your Lord, rich and poor together, hold high festival, diligent and heedless, honor this day. Both you who have fasted and you who did not fast, rejoice together today. The table is full. All of you feast sumptuously. The calf is fattened. Let no one go away hungry. Enjoy the feast of faith. Receive the riches of God's mercy. Let no one bewail his poverty, for the fullness of the kingdom is revealed. Let no one weep for his iniquities, for forgiveness shines forth from the grave. Let no one fear death, for the Savior's death has set us free. He who was held prisoner by death has annihilated it. By descending into death, he made death captive. He angered it when it tasted of his flesh. Isaiah saw this and he cried, Death was angered when it encountered you in the lower regions. It was angered. It was angered. For it was defeated. It was angered. It was angered. For it was mocked. It was angered. It was angered. For it was abolished. It was angered. It was angered. For it was overthrown. It was angered. It was angered. For it was bound in chains. Death received a body and it met God face to face. It took earth and encountered heaven. It took that which is seen and fell upon the unseen. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Christ is risen. Christ is risen. And you are overthrown. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. And the devils have fallen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. And the angels rejoice. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. And life reigns. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. And not one dead remains in the grave. For Christ, being risen from the dead, is become the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. And to Him be glory and honor now and even unto the ages of ages. Amen.